Suzanne Hart is our Bali correspondent, a place she'd retired to a few years ago. After being back in Australia for eight months, she recently returned to Bali and immediately noticed the difference in the cost of living there versus her hometown of Perth. Graham Kemlow asked Suzanne to give us some examples of the cost to live out your days in Bali. She's not in Bali. Like, as of now, she's not in Bali. Where are you, Suzanne? Oh, Graham, I am sitting in very chilly Melbourne, although I cannot complain, can I? Because, as you know, because this is where you are, it's a beautiful blue sky, but, oh, wow, six degrees this morning when I went walking. It's it's pushing my limits. You're you're (laughs) so close. I can almost see your house from here. Across the bay. Oh, yes. Now, you you came back, I mean, you only just got to Bali. When you took off up there from your eight-month stint in Perth, um, well, you took off in April, didn't you? That's right. I went back up there in April with my uh, completely overweight luggage, which cost me a fortune. Right. Uh, went back up there and uh, then, unfortunately, got that terrible phone call that we hope never to to receive but know that is inevitable Mm. a very dear friend of mine uh, died quite suddenly and of course I just got on the first flight that I could get back to come back here to Melbourne and and, uh, be um, around my tribe so to speak so while Mm. it's been a really sudden and unexpected return out of Bali back to very chilly Melbourne I'm looking forward to packing myself up and getting back to Bali uh, on Sunday. Uh, well, I'm, I'm sorry to hear of your loss, but it sounds like there was some bright side to it in the sense of the people you were able to catch up with. Oh, look, it's always, um, there has to be something good out of everything that's that causes us such grief and sorrow, of course, but the great joy has been to reconnect with people that I haven't seen for years. Hey, Suzanne, last time we spoke, we nudged around the issue of the cost of living in Perth, as you were for that eight-month period, uh, versus the, the joy you found when you could return to Bali and things that had cost a lot in Perth uh, cost maybe a little more than they had originally in Bali, but still a hell of a lot less than you were paying in Perth. So your return trip here to Melbourne's probably only reinforced that whole perception and truth of yours that it's very expensive to live in Australia right now. So... Can you sort of take us through some of the the key items that um, you would have to spend money on to live and uh, what it costs here in Australia, Perth or Melbourne, versus what you pay in Bali? Well, yes, you're quite right that Melbourne has been a shock to the system. (laughs) But, you know, there's something I have missed, I will always miss uh, the South Melbourne markets, you know, and yeah. it's one of those places that you could never go to. It's a bit like um, uh, Whole Foods in the States, isn't it? You go in for one thing and you come out with a trolley load. Yeah. So it's uh, it, it's a terrible trap. But wow, the you know the fresh produce and the availability that we have here in Australia is we are so blessed with all of that incredible produce. However, it it does chip away at the finances. As all of my friends here have been saying the same thing, though they've all been talking about how much they've really noticed the difference in just fruit and vegetables and the daily things that they would normally go to the supermarket for, how much they've increased. So when I got back to Bali, I honestly, I didn't really notice that that much had increased. Um, I know that petrol is more expensive. I'm fortunate that I ride a scooter and I would just like to say at this point, A, with a license and B, always with a helmet. helmet. Yes, I saw that. So... 
And when I go to fill up my scooter in a week, it'll cost me roughly five Australian dollars. So when I left here and I was driving a car, it would cost me roughly 80 Australian dollars. <laughs> so that's a, <laughs> that's a, that's a bit of a difference. difference. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that's really much cheaper. At the moment, I'm, uh, when I'm, you know, when I went back, I am just staying for the next three months in a, the most beautiful little, small, very traditional Balinese-style hotel in Sanua until I got my myself sorted and worked out where I really wanted to be yeah. and had a chance to go in and look in person at villas and accommodation that's uh, now available in the area I want to live in, yes. which would always be my advice for anybody who's going over there long-term anyway. Make sure you go see it first. So I'm staying in a beautiful little place and I can say to you, I think I'm bragging when I say this, that, yes, I am, mm. that my accommodation cost me about $650 a month. A month? And Yes, that includes my very good uh, Wi-Fi. Mostly it's really good Wi-Fi, includes my electricity, water to buy a gallon of water. You know the big um, water gallons? Drinking water, you mean? Yes, correct. So we use those all the time up in Bali because the drinking water is not for Mm. us. Sure. So that costs me when I have – I probably go through a couple of those a week because I I drink a lot of water. Mm. Uh, They cost the equivalent of about two Australian dollars each. And then my telephone costs me about $15 a month. Data is very, very cheap in Indonesia. Right. So – I could get 30 to 50 gig of data, wouldn't even touch the sides to get through it. It costs me about $10 a month to have that. So all of the things that I would normally spend quite a bit more money on here in Australia in that respect uh, is next to nothing. Yeah, and you were renting in Fremantle when you were living there for that eight-month period. That was costing you at six fifty a month. You are probably paying six fifty a week, were you? <laughs> not quite for the tiny little box of a one-bedroom apartment that I had. Yeah. All about location, people. Yeah. Uh, it was three hundred and ninety dollars a week. Okay, and uh, yeah, the the but difference. But that's twice the I price. Yeah, absolutely. You know, when you think the about it, the, I couldn't be happier mm. where I am there. You know, where I was working for Destination Asia, and I was just a regular, you know, working girl in um, uh, Bali. So I had my villa that I had, the two-bedroom, you know, two-bathroom beautiful villa was uh, the equivalent of about 15000 Australian dollars for the year. So, you know, you can still you can still get, for sure, you can get accommodation for that price and definitely cheaper for a year. I talked to my friends about the fact that it could cost you between 10000 to 20000 Australian dollars for one year to rent yourself a very nice villa. Do you pay up front for the year? Yes, mostly you do. That was a real shock to me when I first moved up to Bali all those years ago because we are used to paying month by month. Yeah. We might, of course, take a 12-month lease, but we're still paying month by month. Mm. So paying all your money in one payment kind of feels a big lick. It's it really uh, is a big shock, mm. uh, and then you sometimes kind of feel like ah, so now you've got my money. I'm not going to get anyone to come and fix anything. But normally, you know, I was fortunate that I was I went through agents, and most people were always very responsive. Generally speaking, you do pay upfront, but right. there has definitely been some shift in that since 
we've coming out of COVID now, people uh, owners are a little more lenient. But I got to say, the prices at the moment for accommodation are as high as they have ever been. The word is that you know the owners are just trying to get back their clawbacks yeah. on the money they lost during COVID. Yeah. So it's not necessarily I'll come up to Bali and get something really cheap because there's no one there at the moment. It'll be interesting, Graham. I think to to see how this unfolds. Mm. What about your staples? I know you like coffee. What do you pay for a coffee in Bali versus you just had one here in in uh, Melbourne, didn't you? <laughs> just before That's we talked. Right. Oh, of course. Um, so, coffee here. Oh, gosh, coffee's expensive, isn't it? But I it's gone up that, here, yeah. yeah. Post COVID, sure has. Yeah. Look, I pay um, at my favourite coffee kiosk in Sanoa three dollars fifty for one of the best flat white lattes that I've ever had. Still, across mm-hmm. doesn't matter where I travel to. We don't do a lot of fancy different milks, um, right. so it's about three dollars fifty for a coffee. And That's here, a lot of people find closer that to five, yeah. Oh, yeah, at least. Yeah, five to six, yeah. Oh, I haven't paid six, but uh, it wouldn't Perth. surprise me. Six dollars. <laughs> oh, well, Perth always had expensive coffee. I couldn't get over it. Well, what about if you were to go and have lunch somewhere in in uh, Sanua? What would a total lunch cost you versus what you might pay here? So if I've had a, a lovely surf, one of my favourite Warung-style places from behind the glass window, which is very yeah. Indonesian, yeah. and you go and point to, I'll have that, 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 and that, thanks very much. I will walk out with a, with a piled-high dinner plate with three or four different types of offerings of, mm. you know, anything from veggies and meat or rice, every different coloured rice you can have, and a papaya juice. Yeah. Or a coconut. If I splash out on the big coconut, it might cost me five dollars fifty for that meal. For total? Total. Are you kidding? If I, no, it's one of my favourite meals, and it almost well, it's not worth it's not worth going to to the supermarket and buying the ingredients and cooking it myself because no. it's cheaper. It would it be it's twenty fresh. bucks or more here, wouldn't it? At least. I went to brunch on the, over the weekend with one of my lovely mates and uh, it cost us $40 a head for breakfast, for yeah. brunch. We didn't splash out. We were a bit no. shocked. Graham Kemler was speaking with Suzanne Hart. This is the Travel Writer Show on J Air 88 FM in Melbourne.